how have you went about balancing fitness and parenting? Honestly, I think it comes down to for for those that are kind of in the thick of it that like don't have a ton of free time, just get something in. It, I mean, you really are going to have to lower your standard of what you think, like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, that goes that's I'm going from training for 90 to, you know, maybe a little bit more minutes if like if, if I got a little extra time to. I mean, I'm a hard stop at an hour, but usually a little bit less because I got to, you know what I mean? I, I got to drop rent off at daycare. I got to run over to the gym and like, I don't want to be rolling in here too late. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times. So um, for me, it's like, okay, being okay with the new norm of like, I can't train like I used to. I don't need to be an elite athlete anymore. I want to be healthy and I want to, I want to look good. You're listening to the Born Primitive Podcast. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Born Primitive Podcast. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Bear. So today we're going to do uh, a little Q&A. Um, we, um, it, that, the last one went really well, was really well received. So we opened it up to questions yesterday on Instagram and we got a ton. We have like three pages worth. So we went through it. We will obviously won't be able to hit all of them. And there's actually a few topics that you guys sent in that will be their own episode. So one's like, you know, men's mental health and uh, fasting and you know there's a bunch of really good ones that we thought were too big to cover in a question so don't worry uh, we got you uh, and obviously you know in the meantime if you have any other suggestions you can always send them our way we don't have to you know do this just on Instagram so let us know appreciate all the interest really cool to see the topics there was a, a wide variety uh, some of them were pretty funny um, and uh, you know so we're gonna get right into it so all right tone what do we got all right. Well, ironically, we're going to kick off with what was the first comment, not question. Um, and I feel like a dad on this one because I don't think I entirely understand it. But it, we're, we're going to kick off with it that the women are requesting gray sweats for the podcasting attire. So are you able to provide any color to that? I because have no idea. <laughs> that was a girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I don't I can't even see. Yeah. I just these got these got compiled for me into a format. Okay. So well, I think she's maybe making a joke. I don't know, ladies. Is there something about gray sweatpants that you're all are into or something? I think they're making a joke. But <laughs> I, I do too. We do have gray sweatpants, um, but you won't see them because they're under the table. So I don't I don't know if that's much value add, but <laughs> but noted. Thank you for the feedback. There we go. <laughs> all right. Um so the, the knew, first the, the, exactly. The first real question was um relating to your kind of background or your military career and it kind of it asked um why do special force guys have so many issues post-service integrating into business um so yeah go ahead and take that one okay well quick correction for you tone special forces and special operations right, so, are different so yeah sf is is army soft yeah, is yeah. encompassing all yeah. so special operations um so why do they have difficulties integrating business i think well i think uh Part of it is I think they actually are extremely successful integrating in a business. But I think the person asking this was probably getting into, I'm guessing they are someone from the soft community. Um, I, I think when you transition from kind of any elite unit or elite group of people, um, and then you get into the civilian world, there's this kind of sobering moment where you realize like the, the expectation you had for your teammates in the individuals um, that were in your unit, like that expectation is wildly not the norm. And if you continue to see the world through that lens and maintain that same expectation of everyday people, you're going to be disappointed pretty much in every component of your life. That's not just business. Um, there's a standard, right? And, and you hold each other to that. Um, and that's why you know, we're good at the job because we maintain that standard and we hold each other extremely accountable. And, and, you know, in that community, there's a ton of 
peer pressure to maintain the standard because every every guy that's you know worth his salt is wants to be seen by the, his peers as a, as a performer and a guy that's capable of doing the job and a reliable guy. You know, he's good at his craft. And so you strive to that um, and you work really hard to, to kind of achieve that reputation. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, and we've talked about this tone a little bit, and, I, and I've tried to do my best. I'm still definitely not even close to being there because as you've seen, Tone, like I still carry a lot of that mentality with me into this job here. And I'm forgetting that like these people are not, seals anymore and you know what i mean like i can't i cannot expect them to be wired like we were because we're a bunch of maniacs yeah. you know what i mean or it's crazy type a as type a as it gets and you, you i mean to find that in society is like a needle in a haste in a haystack and it's not to say that people normal people like that's a bad thing it's just it's just a different mindset yeah um and um so if you, so for anyone transitioning man if you're going into the you know whatever company fortune 500 whatever and you're thinking like oh this is like how everyone's going to be at apple it's like no you're going to be so disappointed because the, you know, you're, it's just, you're going to be let down. Um, so not applying that same filter. And, and I think one thing, at least in the military, we were really good at that. I wish we were better at as civilians is like, if we get some really shitty news and it's just like, Hey, there's nothing changing this. So this is just what we're doing. Um, we were really good at like bitching about it for like 60 seconds and being like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's get it done. You know what I mean? So like, if let's say we had to go in on a Saturday or like, the plane we were getting on wouldn't fit all of our gear. So we have to go grab a box truck and someone's got to drive it three days across the country. Like when those things happened, we didn't, it was just like, all right, this is just what we're doing. You know, accept it and move on. Whereas like those things happen a lot in business where something drastically changes and you have to make a hard pivot and it's a, kind of some shitty news or this and that. And I I've noticed, and this is not a knock on any of us as, as a whole here at Born Primitive, we are not as good at, pivoting to that and just be like, okay, this is just the new direction of travel. So let's, let's stop complaining and just effing do it. Yep. You know what I mean? But so for me, having come from that world where that's just how we did it, when people don't do that, I'm like, guys, stop moaning about this and just get it done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, Mal and I have had conflict in this before because like, she's like, you can't treat them like Navy SEALs. Like they're, they're not. And I'm like, but they can be like, you know what I mean? That's a mentality. We, we can, we can create that culture. And it's like, no, you can't. So I'm still as a leader trying to figure out how much of those things that I learned from that community, can I apply to these people and it be actually stick and, and how much of it is I'm delusional to know that I will never be around that, that, that kind of caliber of individual across the board. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, you've, you've seen me work through that yeah. and I'm definitely, I, I'd probably give myself a C minus, honestly, yeah. if I was assessing myself and like, how good have you done adjusting to the new environment you are as a leader? Like if, not good, dude. Um, no, I think I'm, I'm okay in, in a lot of areas, but as far as the kind of, Hey, suck it up and get it done when those shitty things happen, I'm, I, I would say those are moments I don't excel in because that's when I just want to get right to it and be very blunt about what we're doing. And it's like, guys, don't complain, just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. And we've I had conflict there too, me and you about yeah, that. So, yeah, I think it's complicated and I think it's weird. I feel like I'm the guy now that just relates everything to parenting, but when you, at least personally, in my experience, when I found myself in leadership roles, like knowing your room and, and knowing how to adapt to that room, or sometimes it's not a room, just an individual can be a superpower. Now that doesn't mean you just lose yourself and you're just a chameleon to every room you're in, but kind of reading the room and saying, okay, I'm not doing this just to make everyone feel good in the room. I'm doing this because we have a goal, let's use as a company to get something done what's the path of least resistance to get there? What I've realized is that, although there's a lot of times where I wanna kind of have that mentality of like, just shut up and do it. 
I've realized the long-term ramifications of that a lot of times outweigh the short-term getting it done. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's where like you, you had a unique exposure and that's why like, you can't really blame you. And, and of course, you know, I'm close to the community as well, just with, with my family and then friends is that you guys had a bunch of in, in individuals who embodied that and it's baked into the culture, but that's hard to replicate. And especially as you get a my, more diverse group of people with different life things going on that aren't all, didn't all choose to necessarily be within a very niche community. So yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a challenge. It's something that I even feel at times, not, not the military side of it. And where I was going when I kicked off, as far as re relating it to parenting, it's like, you want to do that. I want to do that with my kids now where you just like tell them very like harshly, this is the way we're going to do it. But to a two year old, that doesn't land. So you got to know where to meet them. You got to know how to teach them and, 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 and have them learn in, in a way that resonates so that, Hey, you can, you can form them into a, 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 a strong contributor to society. And of course you're not thinking about that when they're two, but yeah, just relating that to employees that although it, it, it can be challenging to to meet people where they're at and, and kind of know your room, know the individuals and then adapt accordingly, I do think is a superpower. Yeah. And it's been kind of funny, you know, we got Bruno and Kurt with us now, you know, coming from that community. And, you know, I've joked with them a couple of times when it was just the three of us in my office of like, all right, fellas, let me let me help you avoid the mistakes I made when we transition here. Yeah. Like you can't do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I know you can do that with me, say that shit all day long, but like yeah. you cannot do that. You know what I mean? And we, yeah. It's a more of a joke. Um, but, but yeah, there is this, um, this, this transition you have to make. Now, a lot of guys get lucky and maybe roll into a, a business or a, like a community that is similar enough, but you know, this gets into a lot of like the, why, um, you know, veterans and particularly guys from special operations have such a big void in their life when they leave is because you lose that camaraderie, man. You know what I mean? You're like, you're never going to replicate that. Um, and I think that can contribute to a lot of guys, um, you know, issues, you know, there's of course the PTSD component for some, but other guys just, you know, they, they didn't experience any PTSD that they don't carry that, but there's this, you know, they're, even though they're part of a company now, it's just, it's so different and it's not the same. And I know a lot of guys wrestle with that because yeah. then it's like, you had this like group that you saw every single day. And you, honestly, some of these guys know you better than your own family because you'd spend years with them 90% of the time, you know, more than your own spouse or whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden snap the finger and that's completely out of your life. Um, and now, you know, you have a couple text threads going and you still have some shenanigans there, but, but you, it's nowhere near what it was, you know? Yeah. So that's a big part of it too, is, is you don't get that same camaraderie at a company as, as great as a company can be. Like you're never going to replicate that. Just like, you know, college sports with us, yeah. you know, you lose that. And then you look for that competitive outlet again. Like, can I find that anywhere else? You know what I mean? And that's, you know, why I started meeting CrossFit after college. I, I just need an outlet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because you miss it so bad. So kind of, yeah. yeah, I think sports is on that one a little bit. Yeah, but, but yeah. Sports, sports are a great kind of maybe a tear down from you guys who were doing it as just your everyday career. But sports is definitely one I can relate to where you don't realize all the benefits and like camaraderie you're getting from it until you take a step back. And then you have that oh shit moment of like, whoa, a lot of a lot of what was me as a, a person was wrapped up in a sport in a healthy way. And then you got to kind of fill, fill backfill those, those different aspects with, with either whether it's family or job, a new career. So yeah, definitely, definitely a, a, a challenge. Okay. So next one's a little broader of a question. And do it, you want to do that CrossFit one? Oh yeah. Yep. Sorry. I skipped the, the, the one with the big zero on it. Um, so yeah, this one is, we, we, we highlighted this one just with the, the recent news surrounding go rock being the, the official, um, shoe and apparel sponsor for the CrossFit games. But the question was, did born primitive try to sponsor the 2024 CrossFit games? If so, what happened? 
Yeah, good question. Uh, yeah, we did have conversations with them. For those that listen to the Dave Castro episode, it's kind of funny at the end. He was yeah. like, email me. I tried <laughs> yeah. to put him on the spot. So yeah, we did link up with uh, their partnerships team and, and talk through it. Um, you know, g- good dudes for sure. And, you know, I think it presented a, a, an incredible opportunity. Ironically, uh, for the listeners, you know, we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary and for one of my 10 year goals for the organization. And this was literally, I wrote this 10 years ago was I wanted to be the title apparel sponsor of the CrossFit games at the 10 year mark. So it was kind of wild having that conversation. I'm like, Hey, this actually, you know, how crazy would that be if that came true? Yeah. Um, for us, ultimately it was just too big of a price tag. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we, we have never taken on outside capital. Um, we've, we've bootstrapped this whole thing from the garage days, um, all the way to now, man. Um, and I, I think that's a hell of an achievement. Um, considering now that I know the game a little bit more, I'm realizing like essentially every brand we compete with has done multiple raises of capital. I mean, it's like not even close. Um, so the fact that we are even in the hunt and we've literally funded this, like I mean, shit five years ago, dude, we were still in the garage, right? Look yeah. at it now. You know what I mean? And so, um, for us, you know, it's just from a cash flow situation. Like we just, we don't have that private equity, um, you know, kind of top cover of, you know, cutting you, you know, seven, eight figure checks to, to, you know, towards growth initiatives. Now, I don't know the financials of GoRuck, but I would imagine potentially that decision was, you know, funded through a capital raise at some point over the last couple of years to a year and a half yeah, ago. Or you know something. what I mean? Yeah. And Hey, that's, that's a great, uh, Hey, I'm a capitalist man. So that's, that's a strategy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I wish them well. I mean, that's a really cool opportunity for them. Um, I figured tier was going to snatch it because I, it up tier appears to have, again, this is speculation from my optic, not knowing anything, they raised a bunch of growth capital a couple of years ago. And one of the initiatives was you guys need to win in CrossFit. Here's like 20 million bucks. Go do it. Yep. Right. And so like literally they've signed every athlete personally, this is my opinion. I might, maybe it's because I'm a hater. I think there's not a lot of credibility that comes with that approach because I think in a community like CrossFit, like I think we're pretty good at sniffing that out of like the outsider. And it's like, okay, I don't care if you're sponsoring every athlete. It's like, you have no plan. You're literally sponsoring every athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, like, are we really going to, you know, welcome a brand that literally just is using a check from a private equity firm to get in the space and now become like, act like they're an endemic brand all of a sudden. It's like you're a swim brand. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but Hey, I'm a capitalist, man. So there's a strategy. And if it works, then like, you know, I got to tip my cap. I got to be real about it. Yeah. Um, but so for us, you know, we, we just aren't in that arena yet, you know, Hey, we'd like to raise some capital in two to three years. <laughs> Tell you what, man, if, and when that happens, stand by, because you know, my tolerance for risk. And if, if some cats want to give us, you know, 20 million bucks to throw around when a marketing budget, Shit's going to get wild over here. Yeah. Would you, uh, having gone through those conversations now, let, let's play out a scenario where we do get an influx from an outside or there's some type of uh, private equity deal. Do you think that like, is that still on your, your hit list of the CrossFit games? Or do you think the, the CrossFit landscape as a whole is changing in a way that you would kind of be hesitant to, to take that on? I want to see how it plays out mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the deal that they proposed, you know, I think if, if things play out was a good deal. But if things don't play out for cross, it would have been a, a deal that would have ended our company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So of course I'm not willing to take that risk. I take risk, but not that much. So I'm very curious. I think CrossFit to me is at a fork in the road right now and what, what's going to happen. Um, you know, of course I'm, I support the methodology and I, I competed in CrossFit. You know what I mean? Like a, I, I am a supporter of CrossFit 100%. 
I think they've made a lot of terrible decisions over the last few years. And I think it's losing its magic a little bit and they need to do some things to get it back. Um, yeah, obviously I'm hoping for everyone's sake that happens. I mean, I've, even with Dave's podcast, we talked about like, we wouldn't be around if it weren't for CrossFit. Mm. CrossFit became this huge phenomenon and we grew with it because we were an endemic brand, you know, in the OG days. So, you know, the, the, the rise we had as a company, part of it was just, we were riding the, the surge of the, the tidal wave of CrossFit. I have mm. to admit that. Um, it wasn't because Mal and I were these badass tacticians on the apparel side. Like we were doing a lot of good things right and we were scrappy as hell. Um, so I don't want to discount that, but there was a tailwind we were riding that you can't discount. So yeah. I hope, you know, it, it really, um, they write the ship a little bit and Hey, if, if we're in the combo, I think it's a three-year deal. So, Hey, we raised that capital two to three years, maybe it times up and we can revisit that combo. Um, but yeah, hats off to go ruck. And, you know, honestly, I got to give tier credit to, I know I'm like kind of sh- talking shit, but they've done well. I mean, it's, they seem to have done well. Right. Yeah. So it's like, again, it's a strategy. I just, as, as kind of the underdog, in this story and always kind of the one that's had the underdog mentality, I do kind of eye roll a little bit when it's like, all right, well, you didn't pay for that. Like yeah. you, you, you raise money, but again, that's a tactic, right? So you, you gotta, you gotta respect it. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. For the listeners, 2027, keep your, keep your eyes there out. It is. Put it, yeah. Book it. Book yeah, it. Book We're it. calling you, Dave. We're yeah. coming for you. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's, and it relates, I mean, it actually relates to what we were just talking about, but it was kind of a broad question of what are the future plans for the company? And it kind of segued into also Savage One um, colorways and what will be upcoming uh, in that realm. So, okay, kind of two part question. All right, what's in the? Uh, so, all right, so we just launched Born Primitive Tactical. Some of you are tracking that. So we're you know we're, we're trying to take our ability in apparel and outfit um, operators and you know and in, in our brothers in military and in law enforcement as well. And for the ladies, we've heard you. We have the women's uh, oper- operational camis coming too. So those are gonna be really cool. Um, so yeah, that just launched. It's been a huge success. Um, we're getting into the government business with that, which is massive. I mean, I want to be outfitting guys, um, you know, with a brand that actually supports what they do. And, you know, you've heard me say this before, but a lot of the brands we were wearing in the military were by brands that didn't actually support the warfighters effort. Right. And like the politics of the company did not align. Um, and I hated that, you know what I mean? Um, so some of these companies were literally selling through like an intermediate so they could have like arms distance length of like not selling to the seal teams, right? Like Patagonia was one of them. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, really, Patagonia? You want to take the $50 million SOCOM contract, but that you don't want to be a formally associated with the SEAL teams? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So to, part of this was like a personal, like, all right, we're gonna, we're, we are going to provide an alternative for the warfighter to wear, as well, of course, our brothers and sisters in law enforcement who are doing great work in our community. So that's a big one. Um, obviously, outdoor, you know, is, is rolling too, uh, for the kind of targeting that backcountry hunter, but any, any outdoor, I mean, trail, going on the trails, whatever, um, building that out. Savage one, of course, a massive initiative, um, that, you know, we'll get into, I guess I'll, I'll close the question out with that, but then, you know, kind of a cool development here in Virginia beach. Um, we are building like a 50,000 square foot facility right down the road from our office right now. Um, massive facility be 35 foot ceilings, two story office. Uh, we're going to put kind of a corporate gym at the very back with cold tubs and saunas and a big photo studio for content. And I mean, it's gonna be awesome. So that'll be kind of our 10 year crown jewel. That'll, that'll actually be, you know, next May 25. So it's going to be a hot minute, but we're working through approvals right now. So for us as an organization, hopefully that's a proud moment. Um, and it'll get our fulfillment team and our office team all under one roof. Uh, right now our fulfillment team is down the road. So it's kind of, we're kind of split, which sucks because we want that team unity. So that's huge, man. Um, you know, the city of Virginia beach is working with us and on the roof of this thing. So we're right by the, the air base in Oceana the roof is going to say worth defending with a giant American flag to the left of it. And the O will be the born primitive logo. 
Um, so when those F-18 pilots take off, they're going to come right over our building. And I want them to see that. Like, no one else is going to see it. Yeah. But I'm like, I told the architect, like, put that on there. And he was like, all right, you're nuts, but okay. And I was like, done. <laughs> so, yeah. And the city loved it. I thought they were going to say, no, that's nuts. Don't, like, take it off. But they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll roll with that. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, let me pull up some of the Savage One colors real quick. And I think it's worth noting there that just in the future that, of course, our bread and butter, the athletic apparel remains kind of the, the main pillar just in the sense of perfecting and continuing to increase kind of the quality of of our our yeah our bread and butter, the, the men's shorts and tops, along with the pants and then women's leggings, um, sports bras and booty shorts are still still going to be the priority, too. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. That's kind of implied, yeah, I, you know, but I, that's a good call. Yeah. I, I don't want the ladies to think we're, you know, kind of shifting away. Yeah. yeah. Um, that will all leggings and sports bras. I think we're always be our bread and butter. And then I think kind of a, a dark horse in this combo is the campfire collection for sure. The jeans, the flannels, like those, this has been wild. So, yeah. uh, we got a big campfire collection coming for October 24. So I'll uh, get pumped for that. All right. Quick savage one colorways. Um, this isn't all of them. So if you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, of course, but Spotify, you can actually see the video here. So if you're hopefully not driving in your car, but um, so we have two new colorways. I think these are coming out in the spring. Um, this is just like a red and white version. So hopefully here's the white version, um, black with white and then black with red. Pretty cool. Um, you know, we didn't want to do anything crazy, crazy flashy in the beginning. Um, so, um, you know, these 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 look really cool. Um, if, yeah, if you're watching, you can see that. Uh, and then. A, a back by popular demand is not back by popular demand, but a, a huge request was, Hey, could you do a black gum with the American flag logo? Um, so we did a vote on Instagram, most voted for the, the gum bottom versus the black. So that'll come out. Uh, and then here, uh, I don't have a sample yet, but this is our D day, uh, shoe. Um, so we're coming up on the 80th anniversary of D day. So I'll try to show it here. It's kind of hard. This is just the upper, um, like that. And then on the heel, one side will say 6'6", 1944, and the other heel is going to say 0630, which was the time they started uh, the invasion. Um, so 80th anniversary, uh, we are linked up with Best Defense Foundation, which is a charity that takes World War II vets back to their battlefields, which is awesome. Um, so this will be a shoe that benefits that organization. Um, it'll say Operation Overlord on the back, which is the name of the operation. Um, and it has kind of the Band of Brothers World War II colorway. Um, there will be a limited edition version for this. Um, so the, the idea is it's going to come in a giant ammo crate um, that has a, a limited edition challenge coin. And, and the um, government of France has actually given us permission to take sand back from Omaha Beach. So I'm going to go out to France, bring some sand back. And those limited edition ones will come with the coin, the ammo crate that it comes in um, and um, in that that sand from Omaha Beach. So pretty badass the goal here is to donate a ton of money to charity and do a really cool thing. Um, and, 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 and that organization, literally, they're paying for these guys, you know, thousands of dollars to go back to their battlefields. And, you know, the 80th is coming up. So some of those guys have not been back since they're 18 years old. Um, and, you know, what I mean, so they get closure. A lot of those guys had buddies that died. You know, it's crazy, man, when you really think of it. And, they, and of course, we have that cemetery right there. A lot of those guys were literally buried right there at the cemetery and no one ever came back to their, you know, it's like, imagine that. So yeah. really cool thing. And then um, wouldn't be a born primitive shoe line if we didn't have the the Gadsden don't tread on me edition. Uh, this is still a prototype. I think we tweaked the yellow a little bit, so don't hold me to it. But um, it will have the uh, the Gadsden snake uh, on the inner heel. Um, and uh, I think the other heel will have American flag on it. But that's been our, one of our number one selling shirts. Uh, for the, anyone that doesn't not know the origins of the Gadsden flag, um, it was flown in our first ever naval battle. 
Um, so for any of these, depending on what news network you, you, you watch, anyone tries to tell you otherwise, um, this symbol is storied in naval tradition, and it is a, a symbol that we proudly wear on our Navy uniforms um, by over 300,000 sailors. So we're proud of that. And of course, our Navy ties as a company um, is part of that too. And then last one, I think I'm most excited for, and this is actually a prototype as well. They did do the flag backwards and the colorways are going to be slightly different, but I wanted to show it. We're both excited for kind of the shoes, the shoes like that. What a home run. And that's a testament to you like that. Or I mean, all of us, I remember the first calls we took, you know what I mean? Two, two and a half years ago, we were sitting in here kind of discussing that and you decided to pull the trigger and we started on the design and to see how those have been received has just been a huge pat on the back because there was was a lot of risk involved and shoes are a different game, man. It's one thing to create a, a men's short or a women's legging. It's another thing to to try to perfect a shoe and just just the feedback has has been incredibly positive. And, and I promise that's not just a bias uh, coming from an employee. Like I, I know a lot of people that have the shoe now and just overall it has been incredible feedback. So definitely excited for for the future of those and the other the other verticals the outdoor the tactical and then the main bp and kind of where those are heading and there are more shoes coming that was just the ones we had kind of on hand um so yep. expect other colorways um the girls are kicking around like every time we do like a spring or summer collection having a limited edition savage one colorway that like is part of the color palette yep. of the collection yep. i think that would smash um, particularly for the ladies, because I think they probably like to do more like outfits more than we do. And if it's like a cool, you know what I mean? So uh, and I think that will be more of a 25 initiative. Um, but I'd love to test that out because that that could be a great way to kind of um, piggyback on of our big collection launches, but add one colorway of the Savage one. So, yep. Cool. Well, we're going to pivot a little bit to one that I think we've talked about here or there on the podcast. Um, but I know it's kind of near and dear to us right now, just given you having a Ren is two and a half. Yeah, about to be three. Two, almost three. And yeah. then me having a 20-month-old and a three-month-old was, how um, how have you went about balancing fitness and parenting? Yeah, tough one. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I think it comes down to, for, for those that are kind of in the thick of it, that like don't have a ton of free time, just get something in. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, you really are going to have to lower your standard of what you think. Like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, that goes, that's, I'm going from, training for 90 to, you know, maybe a little bit more minutes. If like, if, if I got a little extra time to, I mean, I'm a hard stop at an hour, but usually a little bit less. Cause I got to, you know what I mean? I got to drop rent off at daycare. I got to run over to the gym and like, I don't want to be rolling in here too late. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times. So, um, for me, it's like, okay, being okay with the new norm of like, I can't train like I used to, I don't need to be an elite athlete anymore. I want to be healthy and I want to, I want to look good. Um, and that's kind of the new, so I, I think part of it is just like resetting what your expectation is of yourself, because I think for the, like, I don't know, six months I was eating myself up. It was like, all right, I'm, I'm not a guy that trains 45 minutes. That's, that's BS. I train 90, you know what I mean? And I was yeah. eating, and then I'm trying to hit stuff like, like at night in the garage, but I've already trained. So it's like, this is not there, you know, yeah. you hit that second workout and you're just hitting like put, so I, I found this like, all right, you know what? I'm going to hit it hard for 45 to an hour. Um, I just started my, my college strength coaches program. Um, it's funny. He was, he listened to our episode where we like, I admitted I didn't have a training program. And like, by the time we ended, like the, the, the episode aired, I had a text being like, what's your email? Hell so yeah. he sent me a 12 week and I'm three days in. It's, it's actually awesome. Um, and it actually gives me the itch to like, want to play college football again, because it's like the same style of training we were doing power. Shrugs. It's bringing back like nostalgia, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, man, I, I think I still got it. You yeah. know, you know, I'm delusional. Like, yeah. don't. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, I think that's the biggest takeaway from is, is, is finding the time, 
um, which is very hard. Um, you know, I, I parent solo, so I don't have the benefit of like, Hey, can you take her for an hour? I'm going to go do this. And, but I know you, you have that benefit, but you also have two of them. So tell me about that. Yeah. I think there's a couple things there. And I, I think I want to reference right away because it relates to what you said about having a condensed time frame. is something Ariel Lowen kind of mentioned when she was on the podcast of just to, turning up the intensity, not necessarily like that. That's something I've realized as that, that time frame has gotten condensed that committing to intensity and with that is the program aspect of that too because when you don't have a lot of time it's so easy and i know we've both done this where let's say you have 45 minutes you spend the 15 first 15 minutes warming up meaning like maybe doing some bike doing some stretches and stuff you hit 30 minutes you kind of you not half ass but you kind of go through the motions on a couple of exercises you realize you have 20 minutes or 15 minutes left and you kind of coast and stretch or or maybe get a couple more sets in so couple things there is is commit to intensity meaning like when you show up there commit to even if you're not feeling it for that day because in my situation definitely sleep deprived at times of just commit to the intensity and then have a program you're following because that will ground you into your exercises um and then for us yeah having two now two two definitely presented kind of a whole new challenge as far as um, <laughs> you playing varsity ball yeah, now, man. Yeah, i'm still playing yeah. jv ball over here well, and, and there what you said is is important is like you have to bear that burden and and that sound I, i'm i'm being exaggerative but like tell like for me it's 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 telling my my fiance hey go go get an hour and i'll i'll take on the kids even though when you're playing that zone defense with two and especially a newborn <laughs> you're going to get screwed and and sometimes you get lucky and they both maybe nap during that time but the majority of time it's kind of a hellish one or two hours uh <laughs> But you realize the importance in, and for us, it didn't happen right away. Like you, you kind of both almost stay over involved, but then you get to the end of a couple of days and you're like, Hey, neither of us have carved out time to go do something. Cause we're just fully committed to, to staying here with the kids. And we both feel like shit. We're starting to have petty arguments. So, and, and especially my fiance and I both depend on a lot of movement in order to just stay grounded and stay healthy. So get like knowing setting that as a hey there this is non-negotiable if one of us asks for an hour or one on a weekend especially if one of us needs 60 minutes or 90 minutes there's never pushback from the other one it's like yes you go do it like let's make sure we're staying balanced uh with it but just so important man and it's a journey it's 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 fucking hard if i'm being honest and and you're right you have to give yourself some grace just to know that your old way of training, even your old way of eating at times, like give yourself some grace. I have seen that as time plays out, you may feel like you're trapped in it, but a couple months go by, you work out a better flow with your partner, you work out a better flow, the kids um, maybe have a better pattern and it gets a little easier. So it is, I mean, it the table gets flipped on you though in those first couple months when you're trying to figure it out. So it's definitely, definitely a balance. And in the first couple of months, it's like literally try to do anything. <laughs> it's like hey try to do 100 air squats and call it like you know your your bar is way lowered but of course you're willing to make that sacrifice so um when there's a great it's like be realistic because there's so many great apps i know we just had dustin from mountain tough on there's a hundred different fitness apps where they know everything we're talking about and they have a 30 minute no equipment program and for you or i we would look at that and be like, I'm never doing a fucking 30 minute, no equipment program. But honestly, looking back at like the first couple months of parenthood, I should have done it because I ended up just like not doing anything because the time just wasn't there. Whereas, Hey, 30 minutes, if you can do it in your living room and it's just a bunch of like body weight stuff, 
that's going to give you a reset in those initial months that pays off a ton on the back end. So yeah, don't, don't have too big of an ego to think that a simplified training approach might be what's best for, for at least a couple of months. Yeah. And I think it, it all comes down to, you gotta, you gotta fill your own glass, man. Right. Yeah. Um, because then you're, you're more whole and you can then provide for others in a better way, whether it's your mood or just your, of course your health, your actual health yeah. of course matters. Um, and I think if you, if you don't fill your own glass, eventually that can lead to an unsustainable, you know, kind of outcome where maybe some people might build resentment towards the things that are not allowing them to fill their glass. Exactly. Right? And maybe that could be a kid, you know what yeah. I mean? And yep. I think, you know, hopefully that wouldn't happen, but that's realistic to occur. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would say just try to get in there five of the seven days a week, have two rest days. And if it needs to be a 20 minute workout, just do it. And you'll still feel better even if it's 20 minutes. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Well, the, the next one relates to that. And I actually have something I want to build off of what you just said is um, this just kind of asks what, what aspects um, throughout the day contribute to you obtaining overall health? And they even put holistic health here, which is um, kind of just a, a way to encompass the question they're asking. So, yeah, what, what, what aspects for you to kind of, and you just mentioned it, for you to fill your cup, do you need to be doing throughout the day in order for you to feel overall healthy? both mentally and physically. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it starts obviously with sleep and it's like, that's one of those things, man, where most of us are so bad at it. But if there's like one thing that like literally just changed that and everything else will, will follow, it's like sleep more. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's something I recently like just started going to bed when Ren does, which is hilarious. Cause yeah. it's like eight 15. Um, sometimes I won't because I, I need to work and like, you know what I mean? But, but I'm smart. I'm, I'm trying to be like, all right, nothing, for a while, nothing good or productive was happening after 830. Yeah. Like I'd watch the news, which then I'd get fired up. <laughs> right. Or I'd watch like, you know, maybe some Netflix. But I'm like, yeah, unless I'm listening to a podcast that's educational or I'm doing born primitive work, I don't feel like I'm like improving my fighting position at all. Like if I just waste 90 minutes to watch Netflix, like, OK. And I know that's a bit flawed. Like you can't always be like that because then you're never going to do anything that's enjoyable. Like, yeah. But for me, it's like I right, just waste. I always see it as a waste. Right. So if I'm not doing anything productive, just go to bed. But now I wake up a lot earlier. Naturally, I don't even set an alarm, but I wake up at like 530 yep. and then I start working born primitive because it's like I, you know, do the coffee. Um, and uh, and then I'm like, hey, well, Ren's not waking up for like an hour, hour and a half. Like, let's get after it a little bit and get some emails out and like feel like I'm already accomplishing yeah. something. Um, and then I can more time to make her lunch and do all those things that like sometimes I'll be running, jumping through you know, hoops to try to get done before we got to get in and get out the yeah. door. So it, it, it has helped in many ways. Um, but then obviously fitness, we talked about that. I think nutrition of course is critical. So for me, um, you know, I, I used catalyst nutrition here at Virginia beach. Um, and, uh, basically she, um, Cheryl did a DEXA scan on me, which, you know, breaks out all of your kind of lean body mass and all that. And then she assigns the met your macros based on that scan and then delivers your meals based on your exact macros every day with snacks and everything. So for me, that's since I'm so busy, that's been huge. Um, and it's like literally just eat what's in the bag. That's it. It's pretty simple. Follow yeah. it. It's plenty of food. It's actually sometimes more that's than awesome. I can eat. Um, so that's the nutrition. That's how I check that box. I do have kind of a good supplement regimen, which she helped me with a lot of its thorn products um, that, that I use right now. Um, and then, you know, we talked about, you know, working out five days a week. Um, and then I could say the last component to my kind of wellness is just cold tub and sauna. Um, I have them at, I have one at the house now I, I converted a bedroom, um, tiled it and everything. And it has a cold tub and a sauna right there. So sometimes I'll do that at night. Um, like right after I put Ren down and I'll do like a 45 and then I'll go to bed. Um, but I'll, I'll catch up a lot of those on the weekend too. I'll do like, yep. I'll do like a, 
you know, six minute cold tub, 30 minute sauna, like times three, if I have like a long time, you know what I mean? Um, So I try to make up for lost time in the week because ideally I'd like to do it every day, but sometimes um, I just don't want to do it or like, it's just, you know what I mean? It's not there. So I think that's kind of my wellness wheel kind of summarized a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think that's great. And, and a lot <laughs> kind of parallels exactly with what I, w- I would say as far as the, the nutrition is a foundational one. The sleep is a foundational one. Movement is a foundational one. And then for me, kind of finding quiet time. And I told you that's been one recently that has not has not been as uh, prevalent as as prior to having two two under two. But even if for me, you know, I do this is like a 20 minute walk with no cell phone, just focusing on my breathing. If I can get in a real meditation, um, and I like to do that, actually, if I get a hard workout in, I'll just go lay on a mat somewhere in the gym and, and put on a 20 minute podcast. Um, cause you find you, you've kind of cleared out your bullshit and it's a great time to kind of settle into, to kind of letting go of the, the neurotic kind of hamster wheel mind. So yeah, all, all good stuff there. And I think, I, I think the, the, and it sounds cliche just because it's so in vogue right now, as far as the cool tub, but it really shouldn't be understated. What I, I, I would be, I would consider like changing states in the sense of like, whether it's sauna, cold tub, even a quick 10 minute run or a quick, like three minute breathing session with intentional breathing, just changing the state of what you typically operate in, especially when you're at work allows you to show up for things in a better state. And that's like the cool tub, I think is the perfect, it's the epitome or like the perfect example of that, because you could be, I can be as grumpy as hell, pissed off, just overworked. I get in a cool tub and 10 minutes after that, you literally feel like a new human. Yeah. So working those little things into your day, like it, it's wild when you start to stack those on top of each other, like you realize you don't build up rust like you do if you kind of go three days, four days um, without doing any of that. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of those and, and just finding any way, if you don't have a cold tub, just even a cold shower, things like that, there's ways to give yourself that little mood change um, instead of using things like alcohol, which there's a time and place for, but uh, we know too, that two beers will get you there too. But the long-term ramifications of that certainly don't pay off as much as doing a cold tub or a sauna. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's go to, um, let's go to one you've answered before. And I think it, it, this is one I highlighted just because I think it resonates with a lot of individuals and, and a lot of individuals probably have these business ideas in their head, but I think the first step, uh, is, is certainly the hardest, if not the hardest. So the question was making the first step to starting the company you've always wanted to how question mark. Well, I think from a kind of a logistics administrative level, it's, really easy. Just go to your state's website. And I think most of them are now digital. You can literally register your entity right there and you'll get like a a employee or an EIN or federal ID number. Like I think it's now instantly, uh, go to uspto.gov first and do a trademark search to make sure you're not doing a name that like, you know what I mean? (laughs) You don't want to be two years in and then you have a good company. All of a sudden you realize like some dude has this exact same name, like, you know what I mean? Another state. So do that uspto.gov, do a quick trademark search. You'll see if that name exists. If it's ambiguous, you might want to just hit up a local trademark attorney and just say, Hey, can you just look at this real quick? And it won't cost you a ton. And so kind of do some due diligence, get registered. You know, that'll be kind of your social security number, but for, you know, your business, um, and then likely go set up a bank account. You know, the bank will need that information you just used to register um, to set up a quick bank account in the business's name. So that's kind of like basics of like just, you know, being <laughs> like, a, you know, a real company. Um, I think one thing I would highly recommend is try to do research on what the actual market need is for whatever you're trying to produce or, or, ser- or serve. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think a lot of people make the mistake of 
making an assumption, hey, because this serves a need for me, um, like this, you know, everyone else has to want this. And that might be true, but it might also be not true at all. And you don't want to do all this stuff and then realize like two years in on a, on a hard push that like you, oh, wait, the market just isn't what I thought or the, there's no actual demand for this, you know, thing that I thought I was solving for. Um, and that's kind of what snatch shorts in the very beginning for us. The reason I actually ended up making it was because I, on a whim, started reading weightlifting forums and realizing, hey, there actually is a weird need for this product that's solving. It's very niche, but it, it's out there. Yeah. Um, and that was the basis for my decision to move forward with it and not just have one prototype that I would wash twice a week and wear to the gym. Yeah. Uh, you know, had it not been for that, Born Premium wouldn't exist. So do your market research. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> we've talked about, you know, how do you raise the money, right? So um, you could go to the bank, get a loan yourself. If you're really risky, you can do a, you know, line of credit against your house, you know, HELOC. You could do a cash out refinance where you actually refinance your house and take out the difference and that, you know, that you own, that it's yep. now, you know, what the new value is versus your principal. And they'll give you a percentage of that. I think usually up to 90%. Now people might tell you that's a little nuts. Um, personally, like depending on the business idea, I think, those options can be better than raising capital and having to go equity in your company. As yep. for anyone that listened to the Born Print Origin <laughs> story, you'll know my brother got thirty one percent a long time ago when uh, it wasn't anything. And you know, if I had a crystal ball, I would have, of course, just gone down to the bank and taken a loan. Um, so deciding where you're going to get the capital, projecting out what you think your initial startup cost is going to be, plus some runway. I'm like, all right, you, you need that capital to last. All right, maybe a year, six months, whatever that is. So so try to do a lot of your homework ahead of time. And it's not really rocket science. I, I, I'm, I almost get the impression that some people just kind of normal people think that like starting businesses, oh, that's just like for smart people. And it's, it's I mean, it's like we're all, you know what I mean? I'm not some rocket scientist. You, you are smart enough and you can figure it out and you're resourceful. So be, be a little bit confident that, that it, this isn't something that only these like really intelligent driven people do. You know what I mean? Like I'm just a normal dude too, man. You know what I mean? And I figured out all the same kind of things yeah. that anyone else would have to. Um, so I would just say, you know, have some encouragement there that, that you can do it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I guess last thing is just kind of like from the very beginning, I would say, try to, it's particularly if you're like a brand, you know, just establish what you want to be about from day one and just make that the kind of foundation of who you are from that point forward. Um, and as long as you can have that kind of conversation in the very beginning and give that a lot of thought, it will be very easy to make decisions, you know, at any point in the future, because you always have that to fall back on. I think if you start something, you really don't ever establish your identity. You're always going to be trying to figure that out. Yep. Um, so kind of long on that, but I, I don't know if they meant more like how do you just technically start it or how do you like, kind I of, think that, you was, know, a good, that was a good yeah. blend of both. Okay. And I think, uh, I won't speak out of turn as if I've started my own company, but to, to like, and we've talked about this on prior episodes, it's run it by some people that maybe own a business, run your idea by them. And that might be a good vetting process too. And it's not to say if they all say, ah, not for me, or like, I don't think that's a good idea. doesn't mean you just throw it away. But if 50 people all say that, that's kind of, that's a good part of your market research to yeah. know that like, Hey, if 15, if 50 people who aren't afraid to tell me the truth, say that my idea sucks, I may want to reassess kind of what, what the, what the demand for this is going to be. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is an interesting one and it relates to, uh, are the podcast that should be released, um, right the week before this one is, how do you anticipate the market changing with more companies failing because of DEI slash going woke? And oh. DEI is diversity, uh, diversity, I think equity, inclusion. inclusion. Yeah. yeah. 
and now ESG, you know, yeah, environmental, yeah. environmental, social governance. Yeah. Same. I think they're kind of used hand in hand. Yeah. So for anyone listening, if you haven't listened to the episode with Anson Frerichs, highly recommend that one was a big one. Um, and I think it's, I think it's just important. I, even if you're someone that agrees with a lot of those things that are getting pushed, which if you do, that's okay. You're entitled, you're an American, you can have that belief. I do think just as Americans, we need to understand what's going on at a very high level that's influencing um, or trying to influence public opinion in America. Um, because I do think it presents legitimate dangers to our society, particularly for me, it's when I look at our youth. That's why I, I, you know, Tony, I think I'm way more outspoken than I ever would be because I see a real threat for my daughter coming, being brought up in a world that's telling her that America's bad and, you know, these people are bad, you know, oppressor versus oppressed. It's always this, you know what I mean? And it's like, fuck that. Like, that's not the world we live in. And there's these people that have billions of dollars that are trying to convince us of that and they profit from that. Um, And and that's kind of what we're learning about. with the big three and, and the, uh, you know, BlackRock and the vanguards of the world that are influencing all these giant corporations and how they make their, their decisions. Um, so, so what's the prediction? Well, I hope that we are beginning to see a correction to the madness. You saw what happened with Bud Light. You saw what happened with Target. Disney, I believe, is losing billions right now. I, I don't know what their ticker is on, on what their stock, um, like, you know, last year to date or whatever is or but I think they're getting their asses handed to them. I mean, they're literally losing billions. Um, eventually the desire to pursue these ESG policies that's being funded by, you know, California's pension fund and New York's pension fund and these sovereign wealth funds in Europe. And, and, you know, that's, that's influencing all of this. Eventually if those returns are not there on the investment front, these big entities are going to have to make a really hard decision. Do we have, do we throw out that decision we made in 2019 to now basically push all this woke stuff through these corporations and, and basically force it down their throats? Or do we still have a serious obligation to our investors that are, you know, everyday guys like you and me, yeah. right? You know, if we have our money in a Vanguard 401k, that's you and me, man. We, we are funding the madness indirectly. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, so I'm optimistic that as alternative, you know, for the, we talked about this with Anson is like, for the companies where there's alternatives, it's a really easy pivot for any consumer because it's like, hey, F Bud Light, I'm just going to buy Coors Light, right? That was a, such an easy one. And it was, it was one of the first times I feel like the American consumer felt like they had a say. There's other people that they're safe. They're, they're not, there's never going to be a threat. Apple, you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> you can do the wildest politics ever. Yeah. You know what? We're still getting the iPhone. I'm just going to admit it, right? It's Google. Yeah, I'm still searching Google. You know what I mean? There's some that like you're not going to replace them. Meta. Meta can black um, list and shadow ban all these people and push all these all this woke stuff coming up in the election and all this misinformation. Regardless, hate to say it, you know we're all getting on Instagram and scrolling, right? So there's some that like they're safe, but there's others that are not safe. Target was not safe. You know that 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 normal Midwest mom that was sick of seeing like this crazy swimwear that is tight. You know what I mean? That the tuck friendly swimwear. Guess what? Those ladies might not be shopping at Target anymore. And as a result, their enterprise value went down by like $10 billion. So you're starting to see a response, finally a response. Now that the dust settled and everyone realized you're not, you know what I mean, that um, this isn't actually prevailing thought. You know what I mean? Like these crazy things are not real. Um, And there's, you know, a very small group of people at the very, very top that are making us all think this is just the new way. And if (laughs) if you don't think that, 
you're, you know, you're just an old dinosaur and you're a bigot and all this. And they do really good at trying to label you that way. So you actually start to question your own beliefs and you sure as hell aren't going to say anything in public about it. Right. Because you're like, well, shit, if they're, if they're labeling that person as that, I'm not going to express my opinion. You know what I mean? And for a while that was brilliant. It worked. It worked for like two years. Right. You wouldn't say a goddamn word about it. You know what I mean? And you know, now it's like, here we are talking about it. Right. So I think the dominoes are starting to fall and with, you know, ways you can put your money in other entities that aren't doing this shit. You know what I mean? That's another great alternative too, because imagine if the dominoes start falling on these big billionaires that can be like, Oh wait, I can put my money in Vanguard or strive. Right. And they just, they shift over $5 billion to strive overnight. Yeah. The vanguards are going to start to notice that. And they're going to then go back and say, Hey guys, do we still want to maintain this position? Because we're losing billions in asset management and we are going to lose our, our, our kind of dominance in that, and now you can't influence people anymore because yeah. you lose your dominance. So I don't know, man, I'm going to be sitting back with the popcorn watching it happen, but I am happy to know that Americans are at least now more aware and more outspoken. I don't think a lot of Americans know why it's happening, but now that we did that thing with Anson, I mean, that's fascinating. And it's crazy to know that's all just, it, it's all follow the money. That's all it is. Yeah. So, and I think, I think, well, first off, anyone, instead of us going back and forth on it, like we go into extreme detail with the podcast with Anson. So if you're curious as far as kind of what we're discussing here, really fascinating guy. He was the president at Anheuser-Busch. So to hear his thoughts uh, as being somebody who was right in the middle of this when it got rolled out um, was really fascinating to hear. But yeah, I think it's just so interesting, Bear, because I think you're right in the sense that people, and I can I can say this personally, for a while, it just seemed like a silly thing that like would have its kind of phase and then would, would kind of go away. But then when you started to see how kind of turnkey it was from even education and all these different entities, for me for a while, it was like, oh, it's just a couple big corporations that have this new like agenda, just trying to resonate with even a younger consumer um, with these new ideologies. But then you dig deeper and you start to pull back the layers and it's like, holy shit, this is affecting everything from a cultural aspect. And, and that, of course, sits at the corporate uh, level and then education and then obviously the policies that are being made then within states. So just a really strange time that that I, I feel the same way as you, that I, I do think the pendulum is swinging back and people are finally getting comfortable. If nothing else, maybe they don't hold strong opinions, but they're just asking what the hell's going on. And yeah. I think the answers are there now. For a while, it was this, it was kind of a conspiracy. Um, and there are all these, these kind of like lofty terms and different like conspiracies used to describe what was going on. Now it's pretty damn clear, um, as you said, these, these big, um, the three conglomerates, Vanguard, uh, State Street, and then BlackRock, and kind of the policies that they rolled out um, throughout the, I mean, they own what? They own a majority stake in 90% of the S&P uh, com- 500 yeah. companies, which is just insane think to think 90, about. 90 trillion in asset management, in asset I think. Management. Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally insane, I think. Yeah, yeah. 90 trillion, yeah, I think it was yeah. the our notes. Yep. And here's the thing, here's a, here's a scenario. Let's let this play out. All right, so California's pension fund is one of the biggest, you know, funders of like a lot of this, right? To the to the big three, right? Um, in New York is another one. Right now, as it stands, you know, the California people that have a pension in California are going to get only seventy cents on the dollar of what they were promised through their pension fund. What if things continue to get worse? What if in twenty years that guy or girl that worked their whole life and was promised something is now getting thirty cents on the dollar for what they were promised? 
you know what that's going to happen? Then now people are going to vote differently. And guess what? Then the politicians that were for this before all of a sudden be like, I was never for that. That Yeah, you're right. That We need to go away, go away from that. And they'll gaslight all of us <laughs> and pretend like they never were know, part of the problem. Right. And yeah. then it gets into this shouting match of, oh, no, you are in they'll like try to blame it on the Republican. They'll do something ridiculous. It's like literally, you know, a, a, the gaslight of all time. Yeah. So, you know, these are the real things that can play out that, you know, will have real repercussions on people's lives. And then, you know, I think eventually at that point, the gig is up like you can't fool us anymore if people's pensions are running out of money because you were investing it in entities that were pursuing um, you know, woke capitalism versus just shareholder, shareholder value. You know well, what I mean? Well, and that's, so, that's yeah. what's cool though, is you're seeing the, you're seeing the parallel systems pop up and that's what Anson created an asset management group that doesn't play the bullshit games that the black rock and the vanguards are playing. So I say that because I, I think, and that's the beautiful part of America. And it always has been is like, we recognize our power and our power to choose and start to, to, to play ball with, with our dollar in a way that, kind of is going to force these people to take a hard look at, oh shit, like this, us trying to force people into an ideology that we thought was best for, for the, the world that doesn't work, man. And people, people have their own belief systems and freedom of thought and speech in the, in the U S is a very powerful thing. And when you start to fuck with that, people don't take that lightly. And I think, I think for me, that's like, and, and once again, I always say this, I think I might be a little bit delusionally optimistic, but I think we're seeing that pendulum swing and people say like, no, no, you're not going to tell me what to think just because you think this is what, what's best. And you're not going to, you're not going to curve, um, freedom of speech so that you can start to voice the narrative that you think is best. And we're, we're kind of seeing that pushback. And like you mentioned, when, when the dollars start to go to, to different places, that, that, that's what that the almighty dollar will cause even them to start to squirm a little bit and say, Oh shit, maybe we need to pivot. Yep. I hope so, man. I hope so. Cool. Well, as you, I mean, that was the, that's kind of the, the end of our little question list here. As you said, there were a ton that got entered that we, we felt were, were better off just to be kind of their own individual topics. So as Bear and I kind of roll out our individual episodes, I think we will, we will definitely touch on, on some of those. So Bear, any, any closing thoughts on, on your end? I know we kind of went all over the place today, but it's, it's cool. I like these Q and a ones. Yeah, no, these are good, good, good change of pace. You know, I think for, like I said before, continue to push feedback to us. A few topics that are on the horizon um, that I'm excited about is, um, and Tony, I haven't even told you about these, so this is new to you. Um, one, I want to do a topic on psychedelics and its use in PTSD. Uh, that's um, that's there's my a, wheelhouse. There's a, uh, a girl that I know, she's a PhD, she's, this is her lane, um, just confirmed with her, and she's a, totally down to come on, so that'll be yeah. an awesome one. Um, I, I think I'd like to get into some relationship stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a lady that she has a podcast, all it is about relationships and it's more like giving tips to girls, but I actually listen cause it's like really good to understand her perspective of like, you know, it's, it's, you know, men are, what do they say? Men are from Venus, women are from Mars. Like we are all so different. And while that would be kind of a different change of pace for like the kind of gritty, you know, like stuff that we talk yeah. about, I think that would be really cool to kind of get somebody like that on that kind of knows how to dissect the differences in, in men and women and how you can, you know, try to understand those differences to have better relationships with our, you know, with, with our partners and stuff like that. So I thought that might be a cool and totally different. Um, you know, the topic of men's health came up in, you know, men's mental health. And I think of, you know, it'd be great to do a women's one too, but almost to break those out. Um, and you know, I think men and women have different challenges. So getting a specialist on to talk through some of the challenges that, uh, that, a, that a young man faces and kind of the expectations that are put on men. Yeah. I think would be good for women to hear and then vice versa. It'd be great for us to hear the female version of that. Um, so we can maybe 
relate to some of the things yeah. they go through. Yeah. So I think both genders have different challenges. Um, and I don't think we have a good understanding of each other's challenges, but I think particularly for men, a lot of us, we just, we go it alone, man. We, 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 we suffer in silence, yeah. but there is a huge burden on us as with our obligation to protect and provide. And it's just a huge responsibility that a lot of men carry, carry quietly and they don't, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we, I don't think there's, I think there's a lot of women that don't realize how hard that is. For sure. Um, so, you know, those are the, so I guess give us more feedback. You know, we try to want, we want to cast a wide net here. So you guys have kind of seen, you know, we're like what, 25, some episodes in, um, you know, we've gone from best-selling authors to UFC champions, the world series MVPs to everyone in between, um, you know, to former presidents, Anheuser-Busch talking about woke capitalism. I mean, we, we are trying to cover a lot just to kind of see what sticks and what y'all are interested in. And the goal is, Hey, this is an hour out of your day once a week where you can maybe hear a different perspective or maybe learn something you didn't know. Um, put it in your toolbox and stash it away. Um, so appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I got, Tom. See you next time. All right. See you, everybody.